go to a church where we can worship freely. We can, we can just get in the Lord's presence. You know, worship is about, worship is about being with God. And, and, and it's like this. Have you ever heard the phrase, uh, in, a, in an audience of one? And what, what does that mean? It means when you worship, you should worship like it's just you and the Lord. It doesn't matter who's beside you. It doesn't matter who's with you. It doesn't matter. You need to lose yourself in him. It's kind of like the woman who came and, 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 and began to anoint his feet and cry and weep and her tears hit his feet. And, and there was a bunch of critics in the room, especially Simon, but, but we all know that, that she, she didn't care about none of that. She was in the presence of her Savior. Say amen. I, I, remember, I remember when I was a little kid, when I was a little kid, I, I, was, I, I was spiritual for a long time. Say amen. When I was a little kid, I would sit right here on the front, and, and, and Miss Diane, my mom, would sit about where you are, and me and my little brother, we had to sit there, and, and there was a song they were singing. I, I don't remember what the song was, but I just remember that I was in it. How many of y'all have ever been in a song and you didn't realize, uh, and I, I, I really didn't realize how loose I was getting, because I was in it, boy. I mean, I was singing, but apparently, I was in it a little too much uh, for my mama, <clears throat> Because all of a sudden, in the, mirror, in the middle of my worship, I was in it and getting with it, and she just grabbed me. <laughs> and she quenched the Holy Ghost right there, ladies and gentlemen. I want you to know. Right? <laughs> Amen. Man, isn't the Lord good? Take your Bibles. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Romans chapter number 13. Thank the Lord for his presence in this place. Thank the Lord for good singing. Just good worship-filled singing where we can feel the Spirit. Uh, we, can, we can be in His presence. And, and guys, it's not, about, it's not about how good the songs are or how good they're written. It's who they're written about. It's being in His presence, being in His house. Amen. Romans chapter number 13 and verse number 11. Verse number 11. Don't, don't get all excited about the clock uh, because it means nothing. <clears throat> <laughs> nothing <clears throat> if you thought you was getting out when that's over it means nothing <laughs> we put a clock up there because we're going to talk about time we're going to talk about time say that with me time. time do you know time is something that we all have the same of and do you know that time is something that you can't buy more of. Once it's gone, it's gone. And I don't know about you, but it seems like the older I get, the faster it goes. Time. Time. Whether we want to believe this or not, or whether we want to admit this or not, but there's one of these in glory. And it's ticking away. It's ticking away. It's ticking away. And one day, it's going to count down to zero. I don't know if, if you understand this or not, but by the things that are happening in our world, we're running out of time. We're running out of time. And I, I want to say this. I, I had a little video I was going to play, but I just felt an uneasy spirit about it. And, and they worked on it hard, and God bless them, and thank you for doing such a good job, tech guys, but I just felt like the Lord didn't want us to play it. Uh, but back in April, I preached a message on perilous times. Perilous times. 
Now, we all know what happened Wednesday. We, we all know what took place, and there's a lot of people getting wigged out. And, and let me say this. That's going to keep happening. There's going to be more of it, and there's gonna be, uh, it's going to become more severe. It's going to become more frequent. Uh, the, Bible, the Bible declares the last days and then describes it as a woman who is in labor. That once it starts, it doesn't stop till it's finished. And as you go through the labor process, they become more intense and they become closer together. And all this is happening, guys. It's all happening. It, we, we, we've said it was going to happen. The Bible declares that it's going to happen. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to be fearless. God does not expect any of his children to be wigged out and need medicine and have to, have to worry to death about what ISIS is doing or what terrorists are doing. You, you see, terrorists, terror, that is their main weapon is fear. That is the main weapon of Satan is fear. But my Bible says God does not give the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Preacher, what are you saying? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't cower down. Listen, stand firm. Do not let them win. If you hide in fear, they win. They're not winning. Say amen. How do I do that? I'd encourage you to go back and listen to that message in April. If you can't, go to Facebook. We've posted it on our, on our web, web deal. I don't even know what you call that, but on our thing on Facebook, on the Temple Baptist, go watch it again. I promise you, you'll learn what you need to learn so that you can be fearless in the face of fear. Somebody say amen. amen. But listen, that, that should teach us that it's close. That should teach us that we're running out of Time. Look what it says, Romans 13, 11. Romans 13, 11. If you're there, say amen. amen. And that knowing the time, that now, now, it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. There's been no truer statement been said than right there. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. I'm going to speak primarily to three groups of people in this room. And the reason I'm going to do that because there's only three groups of people in this room. The first group of people is a lost sinner. We have people in this room right now on the floor and in the balcony. You've never trusted Christ. You've never come to the Lord in repentance of your sin and you've, you've never believed on Him with all of your heart and asked Him to forgive you and to save you. And, and, and I want to tell you today that today is the day of salvation. So how do I know? Because as I'm speaking right now, the Holy Spirit's pricking your heart right now. So how do you know that? Because I ask Him to do it. I ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, touch them. As soon as I say it, touch them in their heart. Let them see their need today. There are lost sinners in the house. But then there are also lawless saints. Lawless saints. What is a lawless saint? A saved person is not acting like it. And we've got folks in this room right now, you're saved, you're born again, you've trusted in Christ, but you sure ain't acting like it. We're running out of time. But then we're going to talk about the laboring servant. The laboring servant, the one who's right with God, but, 
but they're just kind of stagnant right now. They're just kind of idle right now. I want to speak to the law sinner. I want to speak to the lawless saint. And I want to speak to the laboring servant until all three were running out of time. And all God's people said, Father, bless us today. Use your word to be an encouragement. Lord, use your word to pierce our hearts. Lord, I pray that your perfect will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, you may be seated. <clears throat> I, know, I know there's probably nobody else in here, but uh, I like to watch football. <clears throat> I really do. I, I like to watch it. <clears throat> And, and, and there's, something, there's something about the game that really corresponds with life. In the beginning, in the beginning of, of, of the game, things are more uh, nonchalant. Things are more at, a, at a, a steady pace or at a slower pace. Nobody's in a hurry. Uh, uh, things, uh, people take their time. The coaches take their time. The players take their time to try to uh, do the things that needs to do, but but there is, there is a part of the game that, that, that I, really, I really enjoy. Uh, it's a part of the game that's at the end. It's at the end. Uh, especially when the team hasn't accomplished what it came to accomplish. Especially when the team is behind. Especially when the team has not done what has wanted to do. And that's to be winning the game. Are y'all with me? But at the end of the game, if they're losing, they go into what we call a hurry-up offense. Are y'all with me? A hurry-up offense. In other words, they run to the line. They hurry up and get the play on. They hurry up and call in the play. There is a sense of urgency in the coaches. There's a sense of urgency in the players. There's a sense of urgency on the team. We can't mess around. We can't fool around. We've got to hurry up and get the play. It's amazing to me. You'll watch the quarterbacks. They'll stand in the back, maybe in shotgun, and they'll snap their hands and they'll say, come on, give me the ball. Give me the ball. We're running out of, we're running out of time. It's a whole different feel. It's a whole different game. We're in a hurry. We've got to hurry. We're against the clock. We're running out of you know, in the game, though, you have three timeouts. But do you realize in life, there's no such thing as a timeout? I was, I was, I was looking at a message back in a few years ago, and I was listening to it because I was looking for an illustration that I had used before. And, and in that illustration... I, I, I was saying something in the message, and I said, let me tell you, time's flying. Jordan is fixing to get her license. Man, I wanted, I wanted to call time out. Time out. Well, when they're growing up and graduating out of kindergarten, we want to say, time out. It's going too fast. Time out. But you can't do that in life. There's no timeouts in life. We're running out of time. The things that we see 
in, 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 in culture, the things that we see in our world, the things that we see in America, America is, is not even close, not even close to what it was just 10 years ago. And it's teaching us this, Jesus is coming soon. Listen, he is coming. Ready or not, here he comes. We're running out of time. Now, to those in here that are lost, we're running out of time for the lost sinner. We're running out of time. You, you, you don't understand. I, I've, heard, I've heard young people say it, and, 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 and even if they don't say it, sometimes they think it. Well, I'm young right now. I've got my whole life ahead of me. I'm young, and, and, and they may have in their mind that they're going to sow their wild oats, and when they, when they get through with having fun, then they'll come to God. There's only one problem with that. You don't come to God when you choose. You come to God when he calls. Are you all with me? Listen, the Bible says this. The Bible says this in James chapter number 4. James chapter number 4, verse 14. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth a little time and then vanisheth away. What is your life? James is comparing it to a vapor that's on a mirror. When you, when you get out of the shower and that, that, that fog that's on the mirror, in just a few moments it's gone. And he says your life is that way. Young people, older people, folks, if you're here today and you're not saved, I want you to know you're running out of time. You, you, listen, you, you don't know what the morrow holds. You don't know whether you're going to be here tomorrow or not. Fourteen people went to work on Wednesday expecting to make it home, expecting to celebrate Christmas, expecting to go visit their loved ones, but they were taken out into eternity. I'm telling you, we're running out of time. The Bible says, listen, the Bible says in Matthew 24, 36, guys, you don't have this verse but Matthew 24, verse 36, it says, But of that day and hour knoweth no man. No, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be in the field, the one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill. The one shall be taken and the other left. Watch, therefore, watch, therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. Listen, time is uncertain. Time is uncertain. Time is uncertain. But not only that, opportunity is limited. Say that with me. Opportunity is limited. Say it again. Preacher, what are you saying? This is what I'm saying. In Genesis chapter number 6, verse 3. In Genesis 6, verse 3. It says, And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he is also flesh. Yet his days shall be 120 years. Now let's look at that phrase. My spirit shall not always strive with man. The word strive means to plead the cause. What is that saying? Some of you in here today, as a lost sinner, the Lord has been speaking to your heart. When you come to the house of God and the man of God opens the word of God, then the spirit of God will speak and, and, and prick your heart and say, you need to listen to the preacher. You need to listen to the word. 
You need to understand that the Lord, was He is after you. He is wanting you. He is desiring to save you. You are in a bad situation. You are in condemnation. But I have come for salvation. He is speaking to your heart. He is striving. He is pleading His cause. He is pleading with you saying, believe Him. Believe Him. Believe Him. But according to that verse, He won't keep doing it. There is coming a day. There is coming a day when the Holy Spirit will withdraw. The old timers used to call it this, sending away your day of grace. In other words, he's going to plead with you and plead with you and plead with you. But there's coming a day when you're going to reject him for the last time and it's over. There was a gentleman in my, my, my father's church. There was a gentleman in my father's church when I was a little kid. I, I, I can remember this, that my dad would be preaching and, and he would give the invitation and, and man, the invitation song would be playing and, and dad would be pleading and begging with him to come forward and trust Christ and he would grip the back of the pews until his knuckles were white. Wouldn't let go, wouldn't give in, wouldn't surrender. Probably in his heart he wanted to get saved but there was just something that held him back. And service after service after service, Dad would give the invitation and he would grip the back of the pews. Until one Sunday he came and my dad sitting right there, he can testify to this. He preached a message about salvation and begged and he stood there stone faced, No emotion, no conviction, no spirit whatsoever. Preacher, what happened? I believe he said no. For the last time. Preacher what are you saying? The choice is not yours. You have to accept when he's calling. Unless the, unless the, the, the spirit draws you. You cannot come to the father. And if he's drawing you today. I beg you. Please come today. Time is running out. Opportunity is limited. Watch what it says. Watch what it says. And It says in 2 Corinthians 6 2. For he saith, I've heard of thee in a time accepted, in the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now, say that word with me, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Why? Why? Proverbs 29.1. Proverbs 29.1 says this, He that being often reproved, hardeneth his neck, shall suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. What does that mean? When the Holy Spirit is coming to draw you and beg you and plead you, every time you say no, you get harder and harder and harder. In other words, your, 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 your conscience gets more and more seared. In other words, it's more and more easier to say no, not now, no, not now. Make excuse after excuse until the point you'll be destroyed with, what does the Bible say? No remedy. Preacher, what's the point? You trying to scare us? No, I'm trying to tell you what the Bible says. I'm trying to tell you today's the day. I'm trying to say let's quit putting it off. I'm trying to say we're running out of time. And all God's people say it. Proverbs 128, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For that they hated knowledge. They did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would none of my counsel. And they despised all of my reproof. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying there's a day that people are going to want God, but it'll be too late. We're running out of time.
Preacher, what's the point? The point is this. The Holy Spirit today, when we give the invitation, the Holy Spirit wants you to believe Him. The Holy Spirit wants you to surrender today and give your life to Christ. Be the greatest day of your life. And all the saved folks say it. Number two, we're not only running out of time for the law sinner, but number two, we're running out of time for the lawless saint. Preacher, who are you talking to? I'm talking to people who are saved, but they're not acting like it. <clears throat> Listen, do you, realize, do you realize it's not lost people that's hindering the gospel? Our, 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 uh, listen, the biggest hindrance to the gospel is not lost people. Lost people do what lost people do. The biggest hindrance to the gospel is Christians who are not living the gospel. Gandhi was asked what he thought about Christianity. He says, I love Christianity's Christ. I just don't love Christianity's Christians because Christianity's Christians are nothing like their Christ. There are people in this room today that say that struggled and struggled and struggled with their salvation that I prayed with and I talked with to hours and hours up into the night. And their biggest struggle was because they saw so many spiritual hypocrites who would come to church and sing, oh, how I love Jesus, and go outside and live like hell itself. So you're getting mad. But yes, this kind of does make me angry. Because it makes my job, diffi- or my job difficult. It makes my job harder. It makes your job harder. When you try to witness to your family, or you try to witness to the one at work, or you try to witness that, and, and, and they want to bring up old so-and-so. Now, I'm going to get on that because here's the thing. Let me say a word about that for just a second. Time out. We're going to call time out right here and say this. If, you, if you're not getting right with God, if you're not getting saved because of hypocrites, I'd rather go to church with a few of them than hell with all of them. So let's just take that off the table. Y'all with me? I'm not, I, when I stand before God, I'm not going to be able to say, oh, so-and-so was a hypocrite. I'm going to stand before God for my sin and my life and the opportunities that God gave me. You will have no excuse whatsoever when you stand before a holy God. So let's just get that off the table. But, you hypocrites, you need to straighten your act up. If you claim the name of Christ, you need to start acting like it. You need to start living like it. You need to start talking like it. I'm not going to say you're going to be perfect. God knows I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect whatsoever. There were several games this week that stirred me up. Say amen. It's not about being perfect. Are y'all with me? Come on. Well, I, just, I, I don't think it matters. Well, you say that when he pulls his belt off. Now, I'm not going to go into all that because I preached on enough of that last week, but I'm here to tell you, if you're living like a lawless saint, God's going to beat your britches off. Hello? How many of y'all was here last week? Raise your hand. You heard it. That's right. If you don't believe me, turn to Hebrews 12. Not right now because we don't have time. But the Bible says he will rebuke, he will chasten, and he will scourge. And if you're without a whipping, you're... You're illegitimate. You're, you're not, listen, you can't live in sin and claim the name of Christ and God not deal with you. Amen. 
The Bible says in 1 John 5, 16, If any man see his brother sin a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask and he shall be given him, or he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. But there is a sin unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for. Preacher, what are you saying? Listen, living outside the will of God when you're saved is not a safe place to be. And I'm just going to leave that right there. Church, say amen. amen. There is correction. If you're in the family of God, we have a father, and that father will correct you. There is consequences to sin. Everybody, everybody please understand this, that God is a forgiving God. But even if our sins are forgiven, sometimes there's still consequences to our misbehavior. Are you all with me? Lastly, the lawless saint. The lawless saint. Can you imagine? Let's just think about this a minute. Let's just think about this a minute. Can you imagine the change in our community if just the church people started acting like it? Do you realize that just a few years ago we had the drunkest dry county in America? Churches on every corner. You know what I was told when I first came here? You can't build a church in Coleman. There's too many of them. Too many of them. Churches on every corner. And, 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 and just give it time. Some of them get mad and we'll start three more of them. I said it. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> you know I'm right, Mr. Marchman. I see you grinning behind the mask. I see you. Got places in Utah and Maine. and Listen, one Baptist church in Portland, Maine. But we need ten more in Coleman. You, you did hear about the man that was marooned on the island. They come to rescue him. There was three buildings on the island. They said, sir, what is this hut? This hut is my house. He said, what is that hut? He said, oh, that's where I go to church. He said, what is that hut? He said, that's where I used to go to church. <laughs> and all God's people say it. And it's funny, when a splinter church gets mad at this crowd and goes start down, they usually call it Unity Baptist. That's funny, isn't it? I, I don't know if there's a Unity Baptist in Coleman. I'm just saying. But what if we started loving people like Jesus? Well, what, what if we started getting over our petty differences and quit squabbling and fighting and arguing and fussing and splintering and we started working together and started fighting each other and go out in the community and show them the love of Christ? What would happen if we did that? By this shall they know that you're my disciples, by your love one for another, not by how well you can state your differences. What if we would just really start acting like Jesus? 
Boy, that is a that is a novel idea, isn't it? Anyway, number three. Number three, I gotta hurry. Time's running out for the, the law sinner. Time is running out for the lawless saint. But then here here you go, guys. This is this is where we, we really want to, because this is the biggest majority of people, I think, the laboring servant. <clears throat> I, I don't, I don't, I don't sense, and I don't feel the sense of urgency that I feel the American church should have. I don't, I don't, I don't feel the sense of urgency in in the church's leaders. And when I say church, I'm talking about. The church in America. I don't. I don't sense the the, or I don't feel the sense of urgency that needs to be there. Preacher, why are you saying? Because if it was there, this building would be full. We've been having staff meetings and 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 we 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 discuss things pretty fiercely in staff meetings. We got staff members in here, ask any of them. We'll get down with the nitty-gritty, say amen. And I like it. I like it when they tell me how they truly feel. I like it when they tell me what they truly think. I don't care if it's totally opposite of what I, because I want the best out of them. And, and we've, been, we've been going back and forth about this, about, about the, the sense of urgency that we need. Because, see, the secret to church growth is invite. Say it with me. The secret to church growth is Say it again. The secret to church growth is, but the secret to invite is excite. You want, listen, you know what every restaurant wants? People that get excited after they eat. You know why? Because they know they'll go tell somebody. You know what happens? You know what happens? Uh, how many of y'all remember, how many of y'all remember Front Port Sunday when I rapped? If I had a million dollars, let me tell you where it go. Uh-huh. I still got it. The first service was in shock. I didn't even tell my mom. I told my dad. I scared him. I told him for listen, I'm going to come out like this. He didn't even tell my mom. She didn't know who I was. The second service was so jacked up. After the second service, the people from the first service and the second service were so excited about it, they called everybody they knew, and by the third service, you couldn't find a seat in the building. You know what happened? They got excited. You know what happened? They started sharing it on Facebook and telling everybody. I went through the Jack's drive-thru, and the lady handed me my drink and said, You're the rapping preacher. Yeah, I said, I'm down with that. I'm down with that. And you realize the next service, we had 100 more people that was in the building than the service before. I can show you the numbers. The following Sunday, we had 100 more than what was in there. You know why? People were excited. People were excited. When people were excited, they began to invite. And the secret to church growth is invite. If you want a full building, people got to invite. If you want people to invite, they got to excite. But here's where the problem is. I think, we've, I think we've, we've totally missed what it takes to excite us. 
I think we've been so influenced by the world and so influenced by an entertainment society that, that we have to be entertained to get excited anymore. When it should not be an excitement over a, a, a rap or, or something of that nature or a superficial means, it should be an urgency that people are dying and going to hell. There should be an urgency that people are going to lose their life and spend eternity with the devil. There should be an urgency that we need to reach them before it's too late. Now, I'm not, a, listen, we, we went over this over and over and over in the staff meeting. And we're, we're not, a, if it'll work, bless God, we'll do it. I'll rap till the Lord comes. Say amen. But where is the sense of urgency? Where, how many of y'all believe in hell? Put your hands down. Y'all don't believe it. If we really did, there'd be people sitting beside you. If we really believed what this book says, we would be telling everybody every week, listen, please come to the Lord. Please come to Jesus. Please tell, listen, it's coming. We're running out of time. Boy, you know what we need to see? You know what we need to see in the church today? We need to see church leaders like that quarterback saying, come on, give me the ball. Come on, come on, come on. We need to run to the line. After the play is over, run to the line. Let's run another play. Boy, when this church service is out, we've got to go out into the world and tell them, come on, come on, come on. Come on, get in the boat. The flood is coming. Come on and get in. Listen, come on and get in. Come on and get in. Come on and get in. Oh, we need a sense of urgency. A sense of urgency. Are we, are we serious? Do we really, really believe the book? How many of y'all have ever seen a, how many of y'all have ever seen a house fire? Do you see how people act? Or maybe an accident where somebody's trapped in the car. People are running around and just trying to, and hey, we don't have no time to waste. We don't have no time to. There's a sense of. Why? Listen. The Bible says, Hebrews 9, 27, And it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. Watch Jesus when he was 12 years old in the, in the temple confounding the wise. His, his mother and father were so afraid. They were so upset. They had, left, they had left Jerusalem and was going back home and, 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 and they realized that Jesus wasn't with them. How would you like to be the parents that lost Jesus? You had one job. So they're just all wigged out and they come and they finally find him. And here he is. He's asking questions and answering questions. And, and man, they could not believe the wisdom that he had. They could not believe the knowledge that he had. And they went up to him, and they was upset. How many of y'all parents in here have misplaced your child for a minute? How many of y'all remember what you felt when you finally got him? Oh, I'm going to kill you. You hug them and make sure they're in one piece and, oh, you're fine. Now I'm going to kill you. And they came and said, what are you doing? You've had us worried to death. We didn't know what had happened to you. Now watch what Jesus says. 
Watch what Jesus says. Wished ye not that I must be about my father's business? You know what he was saying? You can translate that. I got to get an early start. I got to get an early start. I can't mess around. I can't wait around. I'm running out of During the time that he was ministering, he said, I must work the works of him that sent me because the night cometh when no man can work. Did you see a sense of urgency in everything that Jesus did and everything Jesus said? He knew Calvary was coming. He knew the cross was coming. He knew his time was limited. There was a sense of urgency because he knew there was an appointed time. Ladies and gentlemen, one day we're going to breathe our last breath upon this earth. One day our heart is going to beat its last beat on this earth. And have we got accomplished what we need to accomplish? Have we got done what needs to be done? Ladies and gentlemen, we're running out of time. Needs to be a sense of urgency. Let's don't wait for a big event to invite. Let's don't wait for a baptism to invite. Let, let's don't wait to Easter to invite. And I, and I think in some way we've created that mentality. When we only give the invite cards for, for Easter or Christmas or whatever that might be, every single day of our life we need to be inviting people to Jesus. A sense of urgency. We're running out of time. Listen, let me read one verse and, and, and we'll pray. One verse. Everybody look at me. Everybody look this way. Do you have 1 Corinthians 15, 34 back there? Do you have that one? Everybody look this way. <clears throat> if you can see the screen or the TV over there, say amen. amen. Awake to righteousness and sin not. Now say the next sentence for me. Stop, stop. Say that again. You work with people that don't have the knowledge of God. You live beside people who don't have the knowledge of God. You go to school with people who don't have the knowledge of God. You are kin to people who do not have the knowledge of God. Now watch what Paul says. Read the next line. Say it again. Say it one more time. You know what is a shame? That Coleman has a church on every corner. And it's in the spiritual shape it's in. You know what I, you know what I believe is the problem? I believe... We're in the last quarter. I believe the two-minute warning has already sounded. And we're still playing the game like we're in the first half. Where is the sense of urgency? Preacher, what are you saying? What I'm saying is I'm calling the hurry-up offense. Y'all with me? I'm calling. I'm sending in the play. As your coach, I'm telling you, we're running out of time. Don't mess around. We're running out of time. And all God's people say it. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for those that are here that's lost right now. Right now. I pray for those that, that need to come to know you. 
Lord, there's no doubt in my mind in a crowd this size and the top and the bottom, there, there are some folks that just have never trusted you as their Savior. From the moment I mentioned it in the very beginning of the message, you begin to prick their heart. <clears throat> Please do that right now. Father, I pray that they'd come forward. Lord, as every head's bowed and every eye closed, we've got, we've got people at this altar with a Bible in their hand just waiting, just waiting to share the gospel and show them how to be saved. Lord, I hope they realize they're running out of time. They're running out of time. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. I pray that they'd come to this altar and find a place. And Lord, we have ladies for ladies and men for men with Bibles in their hands. Be glad to take a Bible and show them how to be saved right now. Right now. No excuses. No putting it off. No putting it off anymore. But come today. Lord, I pray for that when it needs to get right. <clears throat> I pray for that when it needs to get right. Lord, they've, they've been away from you. They've been living a lifestyle that's not conducive to the Christian life. They've been, they've been living a way that's, Lord, not a representation of who you are. I, play, I pray that they come to this altar and find a heart of repentance and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I haven't been living as a Christian. I haven't been talking as a Christian. I haven't been acting like a Christian. Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, come, come, come. Don't wait. Don't put it off. Come as I'm praying. Lord, I pray that they come. And Lord, I pray right now for every Christian in here that knows somebody that's lost. I pray that they'd find a place in this altar right now. Right now. And say, God, give me the courage to go tell them. I've got family that's going to miss out. I've got family that's going to be left behind. I've got family that's going to die and go to hell unless I reach them. Lord, please let us find a place in this altar and beg you for their salvation. Lord, I pray that we'll feel and we'll sense urgency in this room right now. If we don't do it right now, Lord, it's never going to be done. If the urgency is not understood, if the urgency is not felt right now, Lord, we're never going to get it. I pray. Give us a sense of urgency in this invitation. I pray that your perfect will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Let's